Hands, prepare for multi-ball. Nova Scotia to the holes in the side of your head, introducing your host, Oval Allen. That's me. Take it away. Welcome back, Pinball Nerds, episode 285 of your fifth favorite pinball podcast. My name is Orbital Albert, and on today's episode, we've got a live interview with Damien from Haggis Pinball, who just released Seltz, the newest machine from the Australian, New Zealand. It's down under somewhere there, as you heard from the men at work. Now, typically, I play a song at the end of the show for y'all, but today's a very special episode because I'm going to be implementing the direct audio right from Krista Pintern, as opposed to just playing the audio and then like talking over it. I want to make sure the volume uh, is as good as possible. So I do apologize if you do have to turn up your speakers after this or turn them down a little if the volume's a little different. I can't control that because I'm putting it directly in. But what I can promise you is the audio you're getting is the best possible audio that I can be getting you. And you're not going to have any background noise. You're not going to hear the fan of the laptop or the echo of the room or any of that kind of stuff. So without further ado, Chris, the pin turn live from Expo is going to be interviewing Damien from Haggis Pinball about the new machine released at Expo Celts. I will tell you one last thing on my way out, Pinball Nerds. Uh, later on today, so shortly after this episode comes out, maybe five or six hours later, so uh, if you're listening to this today, October 22nd, probably before you go to bed tonight, you can expect a live interview with Krista Pintern, which I will be doing here from River Hibbert, uh, and he's back home now. So he's going to be calling me uh, tonight around between 5 and 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So he'll probably be up about an hour after that, like 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time-ish. But of course, like, subscribe, follow, all that jazz so that you'll be notified as soon as that comes out. Very excited. Chris brought us the exclusive of Celts being released on Friday. <clears throat> Excuse me. And thank you so much, Chris, for all your hard work. Chris also had a great time. I got to see him on the Flipping Out live stream on Wednesday night. Uh, with, of course, Ken and Bill from Special Lit Pinball Podcast and uh, tons of other people. I know Dwight Sullivan was there and just tons of John Borg, tons of other people. Go watch it if you haven't watched it yet. It's incredible. You'll see Chris the Pintern in the background walking around playing some pinball. He's wearing a hot pink, one of three, eat, sleep, and breath pinball because I forgot to put the E at the end or my wife, the graphic designer, did. Who knows? One of us did. And uh, you'll see him walking around there. And then I also saw some uh, cool pictures where he was hanging out with a lot of really fun people. Uh, I know even uh, Crystal Gemmick from the Riptide Pinball Podcast and, of course, 
uh, Marco Specialties, she let me know uh, that uh, she had a really great time meeting Chris and a wonderful time talking to him. And she's excited to hear him being interviewed on the show and hopes that I will do that to chat all about his uh, awesome experience at Expo. So I will be doing that tonight. I was already going to do that anyways, Crystal, but thanks for backing it up and let me know that you think Chris is as rad as I already knew he was. All right, buddy, we are going to listen to you now. And I'm going to say goodbye to you, you awesome listeners for now, because I got to go do some, I got to go build a chicken tractor. Just Google that. It does look nothing like a tractor, but I'm making an A-frame chicken tractor, basically going to be for my 12 little chicks to not get eaten by the big chicks. And these things, I love, you guys know how much I love Jurassic Park. And yes, David Dennis, who I did get to speak with uh, at a pinball tournament this weekend, which I'm going to do an update on later. I promise I don't have the time right now, but I got to speak to David Dennis finally, who is a super fan for the Eclectic Gamers Pinball Podcast, um, and, and of course, Dennis Kreisel there. Uh, and also, I think he's a super fan of almost all the pinball streams, but I especially likes to watch Eclectic Gamers and chat with Dennis there. Um, he asked me, he said, so what's going on with Jurassic Park? You were so in love with Jurassic Park. Are you still getting it? Yes, I'm still in love with Jurassic Park. These little tiny chickens remind me of them, but I have had very little pinball time lately. Uh my to-do list has just got longer and longer and longer, and pinball's not as high up on it as I want it to be, but you know what it is? This freaking pinball podcast. And let's just say I may or may not have made a podium this weekend at a pinball tournament. My first New Brunswick pinball tournament ever. I will come back and give you guys an update that on my Fundio Flippers experience at Dylan's Arcade, probably later on today, if not tomorrow, because we're already doing a couple today. But I am back in full force this week, baby. So get your ears ready to go. We're going to be playing a little bit of Chris the Pintern. Okay, so let's take a little Liskins here. Oh, I'm not doing this. I'm doing direct audio. That's right. So until next time, Pimmel Nerds, remember to eat, sleep, and breathe, Chris the Pintern Pinball. Good morning, pinball nerds. I'm here in Chicago wrapping up Expo with Damian Harton of Haggis Pinball. Um, Howdy. How you doing, Damian? <laughs> Good, thank you. Yeah, no, we're here this morning. Um, we just got the play field out and getting that set up. How are you getting that back home, by the way? Oh, I need to... I need to swing past the local hardware store and get a couple of pieces of wood and I'm going to just crate it up so we can take it on as um, check-in luggage on the plane. Check-in luggage. Okay, so <laughs> that sounds like a fun time going to the airport with that. Uh, you do have a show next this upcoming week, right? So yeah. you're going to have 20 hours of travel home and then within four days do this all again. Within two days. Two- oh, oh, shit. <laughs> okay. Well, that sounds like a wonderful time. Um, so, uh, Damien, one thing that I'm kind of curious about, you're kind of an unknown commodity just because a lot of, you know, a lot of american focus on pinball obviously we're here in chicago um tell us about yourself like how are you here yeah it's a good question i mean uh i guess my backstory is probably not a lot different from a lot of people in pinball my age uh which is we grew up i remember growing up playing pinball in the mid 80s and you know after school and and all those sorts of things taking down our 20 cent pieces at home it was to play (laughs) play the pennies as we called them and uh life sort of then gets in the way and you move away from it and and you know back then i don't know it's probably a little bit different now but the thought of ever actually working or having a job in playing games was just like that was just foreign my dad's a bank manager and or was a bank manager and you know it was always that path get a job blah blah blah. so life gets in the way 
And then one thing after another, you get to a point where you're able to find a pinball machine or buy a pinball machine, and that's what happened to me. So July last year, I bought my first ever pinball machine, which was a Pinbot, okay. which, which I remember playing back in the day. I always thought, if I get a pinball, I want to get a Pinbot. So I found one on um, a Facebook feed, and this story might go for a while, sorry. <laughs> no, no, I like it. No, that's uh, people want to know, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and so I thought, oh, that's, that's fine. It's probably old. It's probably going to need a bit of work, and I'll... Uh, I always like projects and tinkering and things. So I thought, I'll, I'll get it, I'll take it home and I'll do a restoration. I'll learn all about pinball machines. Got it home, transported it in my trailer on its legs with the head box up. Because <laughs> I didn't know any better at that time and that's what the guys said they do. <laughs> Got it home, didn't know even how to open the head box. And in fact, they actually didn't even give me the keys for it. So I had to wait another two days till the keys turned up. <laughs> I think I played it and they got it. There were, a ball got stuck on like the second game and I couldn't get the glass off. So you I, were <laughs> the amateur's amateur. Oh there, my goodness. You, there was nothing you really knew no. other than you liked pinball. Even Just even what seems simple things now, like the concepts of rules sets and you do something other than just flip the ball around for the flashing light yeah no i was the complete novice and um somehow that turned in the next sort of six to eight weeks that turned from pinbot into a second pinbot which was going to be used for spares and then into a getaway and then into a judge dread okay which then turned into coincidentally because a friend of mine happened to have the similar journey he'd been on holiday played acdc came home bought one then he bought it dialed in and we were both like oh this is crazy coincidence you know same time and i'm like i reckon i can make one of these and that then turned into i reckon we could start a company making one of these so it and it was that simple it was just yeah let's have a crack let's well, how, into- how long have you been working on on Celts are, are trying to build a, a pinball machine. Well, so September, literally September last year, and I recorded a video because I thought, because if I wouldn't be busy enough doing that, I thought I'll do a video and I'll document it because we're so far away, mm-hmm. um, other side of the world, and people aren't going to know me. And I thought, well, I'll do a video and then at least people can follow along with the journey of me trying to figure out how to build a pinball machine, and they, they might get something out of that. And it also gives me, you know me thinking why well, I said I'd do a pod, uh, a video so it meant it sort of kept me honest so I'm like no, I've got to do something because I need to get some content for next week sure otherwise it's too easy I'm like again like probably a lot of people if I don't set a target and then just push to make it um, again life gets in the way you go I won't do that today I'll put it off till next week and before you know it six months is gone and you haven't achieved anything so you worked in in banking no no, no so my, my dad was a bank manager okay. but I worked in IT okay so I started out in software development um, or actually started out on the help desk and, and you know then doing As operations and support oh yeah you, sure. you got to do that have you rebooted that <laughs> right turn, for the turn have you turned that on and off yeah. <laughs> right so you did all of that sort of stuff um, got into some consulting um, and did that for a while and then started up a, a business doing professional services so I had some guys working for me in IT companies and things like that um, which was good because it afforded me a bit of time which you obviously need if you're working on pinball um, and money to be able to sort of support that while that business was still running sure well um, so describe Celts for me all right so um, the continuation, I guess, of that sto- of that story of, of the pinball journey and starting in September. The partner that I started with, unfortunately, had a bit of a family crisis and he needed to pull out of the company. Um, this was so. If we started in September, the first target was to make meet TPF with, uh, get and, to TPF with the Whitewood. And this was in 2017. Of no, September. 2018. Of it. Oh, okay. Just last year. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So we had started with a title called Wraith. 
and that was going to be the, our first pinball. It was very dark and, and you know, scary, the idea was. Um, unfortunately, when, when Blair needed to step away, it was about eight weeks out from Texas, and I had said I was going to be at Texas with a Whitewood, and so I turned and Damn it, it, you were going to be and there I, and I, and I, Yeah, and I went, to, you know, I'm going to bed that night thinking, I need a new theme, I need a, a layout, I, you know, I need all these things, and I think when I woke up that morning and had a shower, um, my mother's Scottish, so you know, Celts or the Scotland and the Highland Games was something very familiar and very easy. I didn't need to research stuff. And I thought, oh, you know, it, it, Highland Games lends itself to modes because each event could be a mode mm-hmm. and you can have fun with the accents and the characters. And that was sort of the start of it. That was, it was, that was how it started. And we, in eight weeks, we designed um, the playfield layout pretty much, almost pretty much as it is now and um, managed to build it and get it to Texas and get it flipping so people could at least flip the Whitewood. So would you say that Celts, you, you said that you're looking at modes and looking at how you can integrate this theme into like gameplay. Yep. Is Celts a mode-based game? How, how would you describe the gameplay? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, uh, again, I had, a, and again, I think I've said this to a few people, I think I've been a bit lucky in the journey maybe because other people have realized that, um, you know, I'm really enjoy it and I'm, you know, it's, it's clearly a passion and I've, think I've attracted like-minded people. I had a good friend, Greg, who I had worked with when I was doing the IT consulting, who made the mistake at the start of that year, last year, oh, this year, January, um, when I was talking to it about him and he was getting back into pinball, having not played since, you know, for a while, made the mistake of saying, oh, that sounds like fun. Do you need a hand with anything? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, it's funny you say that. Um, so Greg had been work, has been working on the code since January and with him involved, and concentrating solely on that and me not then having to worry about it, the, the rule set has developed like way beyond I ever thought. So yeah, you'd probably still call it mode-based. There's, there's two sort of paths you can travel. You can either compete in the Highland Games or you can battle other clans as the Scots always did back in that period of time. And then there's a lot of other little things. You know, we've got sort of hurry-ups and random awards and special other little things you can do. If, if you're just good at looping a ball, you can just loop a ball and build bonuses and stuff like that. So. Um, you, you kind of spoke to this, but looking at that development process, um, are, so you did work with other people. This wasn't just a solo effort then. So you worked with Greg and, and you had a, an original partner. So are, Correct. Are, okay, gotcha. So I'm kind of curious too, um, everybody wants to know when it comes to code or, or new games, are there any changes that you are looking to make? If so, what would they be um, from a rules perspective or layout perspective or do yep. you feel comfortable with what you're doing now? Well, as I said, we're very comfortable with the actual layout of the play field. I spent a lot of time even just getting to Texas. We, we were at revision 36 and cut 38 of the Whitewood, you know, because I was learning as I was doing it and we were tweaking. So the main focus I think I had was I wanted a horseshoe because I love Space Invaders. I want to get a Space Invaders. So I'm like, <laughs> I want a horseshoe. And I, I like the, the loop, the outer loop in Getaway. And mm. so my main focus was I need a nice outer orbit that feeds back to the flippers and I want a horseshoe. And once I think I got that right, then it sort of grew a bit organically. So, well, I've got this space here now, I need to make that interesting and then what do I do here and there? So, um, from a geometry perspective, no. The, the beauty of Chicago and the Expo, I mean, we I've got to check the audits, but I mean, we really had, we didn't have that game not being played for the entire show, so. Yeah, there was always a line I tried to oh, come yeah. see. I think I got to play like the last game on the last uh, night. Yeah. So, if we weren't, you know, I checked if we were in 1134 plays, we were 921. We were a lot of plays. We, yeah. we were a lot of people playing, and there was only probably 
two or maybe three things I know that I'll just slightly tweak. There was a couple of places where there was a ball hang up, which means move a post slightly, a couple of mil to the right and add in a post somewhere else. So very little changes. Code, I was I was walking around quoting, oh, we're at 80%, getting getting a bad <laughs> look from Greg going, no, 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 don't, don't say that, we're at 60%. <laughs> so there's, there's, and look, I'm, there's things we're adding, we need to add like more directional call outs to make it obvious to people what they have to do like mm-hmm. um, and where they are in the game and, and yeah. also I want to have a bit more fun, you know, there's not enough there's not enough Australian Scottish humour which, you know, there's one there's one mode where you're battling clans and I wanted to do something like if you don't make any shots to make a comment like, you know you have to hit somebody. <laughs> you know, thing, things like that. Yeah. So there's, there's lots of those little codes and, and just tidy up. That, so, sounds, that sounds like a um, great idea. I know a lot of people like kind of clamour for the uh, like a, maybe a game like South Park or something oh, yeah, exactly. like adult mode that yeah, has something yeah. like a little bit of funny jokes yeah. or, or things like well, that. Well, pinball's you know? supposed to be fun, right? I know we started out with a the theme that we wanted to scare the pants off everybody, but pinball's still supposed to be fun. So, yeah, no, I totally understand. <laughs> um, so what? Uh, so you kind of reference this, but your response. So you've had the game here at Expo. You have had what a thousand plays let's say sure um, yep i mean what's been the response from the average person the average pinhead that came in oh massively positive it's been it's been great uh, i say this all the time about the cliche of how good the community is it is and I, and I don't think it's just lip service i don't think people are just telling me that to not offend me or make me feel bad i could see that people were actually well it's funny because it's that <laughs> it's like people some people are almost genuinely shocked like i didn't really think it would be that good you know because they understand it was first effort and for a number of those people they'd followed along and so they know that it's been produced in well that machine was produced in about four and a half months but they know the whole the whole journey's only been 12 months so i think people are thinking yeah it'll be a, a good quality homebrew maybe or a bit more developed than, than some of the homebrew stuff and one-off stuff and so i think people were genuinely surprised that it looked like a grown-up yeah, like you know, a, like official, a full blown real pinball machine. Well, that's one thing I appreciated. <laughs> I remember an update you sent out uh, regarding your art, and maybe you can talk about this before I say this. But like, how did you uh, just get your art? What did what was that process like? Yeah. So look, like you said, I mean, once 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 Blair had to step away, um, it, and and Greg came on board looking at code. It fundamentally was me, and and there were all these other aspects that I knew I wasn't going to be able to do. Well, art definitely not from wouldn't have been able to do from a capability perspective but definitely not from a time perspective so we thought we'd run a design challenge so we did a video oh, look, that was only five months ago probably it was about april i think this year we, we did a video saying hey we're looking for an artist if you want to get your art on a pinball machine if you're an established pinball artist or you're not or you're interested we're looking for people to give us some concept sketches and you know we can pay you a little bit of money you know so you so you did pay yeah yeah we we advertised we paid five thousand dollars australian and we said i'll give you a pinball machine i'll give you some small royalties from every sale so we had we would have had maybe 30 submissions from people and we had said look we don't want people to waste time so just concept high level concept sketches sure we don't want people to be working for nothing so um i got yeah about 30 submissions through and we settled on um a guy sam greenwood um, aka most ill out of uh manchester in in the uk okay um and, and has he had experience in, in pinball no. art before or? no okay interesting um, and the concept sketch he he sent through some really quite detailed line art for mm-hmm. what he was thinking um just based off the brief we had which is 
pretty open. So we had we had the playfield layout, um, like a CAD drawing of the playfield layout, and just the idea that it was the Highland Games, um, and you know it's going to be based on different events because we we hadn't even developed to the um, Battle Clan section. Mm-hmm. It's funny actually, like I suppose. The normal approach would be that you would have quite a defined direction for what you're trying to achieve in a pinball machine. You get your artists together and your, your sound guy and your games are all in the one room. This grew quite organically. So um, it was that we want to give the artist um, freedom to do what his vision and his detailed line work was just amazing. So we went with that and it actually complemented what we were thinking with the games rules and it, it just so, so helped to develop and we had, your game yeah and we more. actually developed part of the game rules because it's like oh he's got you know sam's thought of this here yeah we could use that that'd actually tie in really really well and sam really researched the celtic era you know and, and all the history behind it so there's a lot of there's actually a lot of stuff in there that is very historically accurate <laughs> okay. so the lady of the lake is a is a real thing that happened and all these sorts of things so it's really interesting fantastic. so just how would you describe that art style Oh, so you're asking the non-artist. <laughs> it's okay if you don't have a great answer. Um, I just just well, for the people that haven't seen the game. Yeah, it's it's. So Sam has done he does a, has done a lot of like um, uh, album cover work and works with um, musicians and artists and and even comic book covers. So there's sort of almost like a comic book feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a few people say, oh man, it looks like it's almost like a mobile app game type mm-hmm. style, but in a in a good way. I, mean, yeah. I don't know if there's a bad way, but yeah. yeah. So it's not photorealistic. It's not, um, uh, you know, completely abstract. So it's this sort of, I guess as an original theme, it's, it's yeah, this it's cartoon-esque, but really it's done a good job i think of tying it all together and using a really great color palette so okay well no i i appreciate that i'm i am curious so like getting back to kind of you as an organization as haggis, haggis yes. pinball what are your goals for celts and your company going forward well yeah the, the the aim always was to become a a fully fledged manufacturing company and so that's really once i had got back from texas the majority of the time has been spent working through what that looks like so it's been about supply chain logistics and finding out how i manufacture on mass and setting up a factory we georgia and i bought my wife georgia and i bought a factory um near not far from where we live and we started to set that up as a i guess a mini assembly line to the capacity we have so um yeah we're we're literally looking to i guess i mean you know i liken myself i guess to the early days of spooky pinball it's that same sort of idea where it's a an idea and a passion and something i want to be able to do and i've got to start small just because i don't have venture capital i don't have backing to be able to say oh that's cool we'll just throw you know a couple million dollars i'm literally just using the money that i have or had um (laughs) off, off the back of the of the it business which i don't have running anymore to basically get to the point where I can build machines and then hopefully grow that into something. So speaking about growth and um, yep. any expectations you have, how many games are you hoping to make? Oh, well, look, if I could sell... 10 million. No, oh, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd love right. to I'd make a thousand just in America. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mate, if I could sell 250 of that game, you know, worldwide, I'd be ecstatic. Ecstatic, um, okay. I think I, think I realise, and, and as some other people said to me, oh, it's not your first game, it's your second one, you're going to have to knock it out of the park. Thinking, oh my goodness, you haven't, <laughs> you obviously haven't funded trying to get a yeah, one game up yeah, and yeah, running. Right. So, you know, there's a bit of that. There's a bit of, I've got to try to at least claw back um, some of the cash that's gone in. And this is only, like I've got, I've currently got enough 
parts and components um, to be able to produce about 15 machines, mm -hmm. like straight up. I could just go back to the factory and produce them straight up and, and get them out the door. Um, so then it starts to become a, if I get orders, then I need to work out how I fund that and then how I, you know, now that I've got all my connections with supply and all those sorts of things, it's just processing and getting that done. So there's been a lot of uh, interest from smaller organizations that have come up, there are different names like Dutch Pinball or mm -hmm. Highway, and these companies that were international firms or even here locally that that have been uh, attempting to uh, produce machines with great themes or, or great ideas. How are you going to deal with that? With their uh, in my opinion, failures yeah. to to make sure that your consumers know that they can get those games. Like, is there something that you've talked about internally or, or thought about to, to work with that? Well, look, I mean, I think I had said right from the very start, there was, so there's a few things that are important to me, just as an individual, even aside from pinball. I mean, one was, um, as I said from the start, I was never going to take a cent off anybody until I knew that I was able to produce a machine and, and repeat so basically you know continue to produce machines i was never going to ask for somebody up front to give me money to fund me working out how it works so you know the last 12 or so months that that's what's happened it's it's been me going through the process being transparent doing the video so everyone sees and understands the mistakes that i've made and and the things that i've had to learn and the things i've had to figure out um so that i can get to the point that i could show the game as it is to say well this is it you know the, the other thing is that if i say i'm going to do something i it's pretty hard and i'm pretty gutted if i don't ever get to do that and apart from me trying to bring the launch forward a little bit because there was an event in Australia a couple of weeks before we left, um, which I said I was going to get to because it would be good to show it in Australia first, just because we're Australian, um, that I had to postpone because it just wasn't right. Apart from that, I've done what I said. I, I got that Whitewood to Texas um, in that shortened time frame, even with the challenges we had, and I managed to bring Celts here to Chicago, you know, the other side of the world. So that was important to me individually because I think that sort of hopefully says to people that, well, I'm a man of my word, um, and I've managed to produce something yeah. that I said I would, um, and I haven't asked anybody for a cent, so now people hopefully will realise that it's just a deposit down, similar sort of the way Spooky started, which is deposit to basically commit to the purchase, and then I go with that, and I still fund the, the rest of the cost of the machine, and you pay as we go. So, so in, if somebody wanted to buy a Celts machine, um, when would you look at taking orders and how or can somebody get one? Would they contact you directly? Do you have a distribution network? How would that work? Yeah, so at, at the moment, the model will be direct. Um, and now that hopefully can change. I have tried, I've been speaking with some distributors whilst we've been here. It's the other point of coming to Chicago to hopefully so people, distributors and whatnot can actually see a product and go, well, okay, they, they've done it and hopefully think it's a good product. So um, I'll continue to have those talks with them, I guess, over the coming weeks, and we'll see if something can eventuate from that. Um, I will set have the website ready to go from the 1st of November to be able to take orders. So I'm set up, I'm re as I said, I'm ready to manufacture right now. Um, there will be, at the moment, a 12-week build time process, and the majority of that is in the play field um, time it takes to paint and let the paint cure and, and do all the clear coats and everything that's required. So. Um, that would mean that if somebody ordered uh, something first of November, we'd be looking at what start first of February basically to be able to 
send it or ship it or have it picked up from us in Australia. So we're used to having this pro premium LE, yep. super LE, CE model. What does your model look like for the game? Are there different trims, options? How does that work? Yep, we have one model and then um, you can customize. So we have a number of add-on customizations that you can get. One is, uh, yeah, full trim package. So you can choose one of about you can choose one of about a dozen colours um, that the artists have sort of restricted that to what they say works well with the with the art scheme. Um, but you can pick you can pick any of those colours and do all of um, all of the metal work in that colour. So we the, the machine we had here was a pearlesque was a pearlesque. Uh... So so you have different colour packages you can choose. There are uh, different options as well from uh, there, but there there is no extra tier it's add as add as yeah in, yeah correct. yeah so we've got one of those add-ons is a get your name in the game so at the start of the game you, you cycle through one of four clans that you can compete as and um, one of them at the moment is clan haggis so you can actually get that to say your name so we'll put your name you know on the back glass so it'll say clan harton in my case um it'll give you a call out probably in a bad Scottish accent that says <laughs> Clan Harton, you know, yeah. and um, as well, because of course there's always tartans with Scottish clans, if you don't have a tartan you can choose three colours and then we include that into the light scheme through the game oh. um, and then we've got a toy package add-on and a topper add-on and, and things like that. So. So, so we'd be able to look at the website to kind of see those different... I certainly hope so. <laughs> once, once I finish Flip Out next week I'll make sure I get that going. Well no, that's, uh, hey, <laughs> one thing at a time. Yeah, right? that's right. Well, you know, I don't really have a ton more to ask you i'm really glad that you sat down with the um pinball nerds out there i i do know that he does have to say one thing before he leaves so every time before we go, leave an episode okay we have to eat sleep and breathe pinball that's right so i need you to say exactly that and then we'll get out of here cool and that's what everyone needs to do <laughs> eat sleep breathe pinball thanks pinball nerds um i will have an expo mock up everything that we've done here this week the people we've met and my review on Celts as well will be on the next episode so thank you guys for joining us and eat breathe and sleep some pinball see ya